Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome back to the National Association for Primary Education podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Stuart Swan, who, when I first got involved with NAEP, was actually the vice chair. So I, I sort of know him through our, our NAEP family, as it were. But he's actually here to talk about PyTOP, and he's the physical computing curriculum lead in this organisation. And he's, they've recently been in bet sharing all of their, their new programming and the new things they've got to offer. So he's going to come on and chat to us today exactly what that's all about. So hi, Stuart. Hi, Mark. How are you? Very well, thank you. Lovely to chat to you. And you. Why don't we start by giving people a bit of a, a background? I've already said about your involvement with Nate, but your sort of professional sure. background, so they get an idea of, of your sort of uh, your sort of school's involvement over your your professional career. Absolutely, yeah. So I qualified as a primary teacher in 1995 and went on to work in a primary school in Blackheath in Greenwich in South East London. I did that until about 2002 when I when I was asked to join the local authority as a as an ICT advisory teacher and as as a deputy manager of the Greenwich City Learning Centres. And these were kind of IT centres of centres of excellence, if you like, that sort of offered a you know, offered services to to schools and the community um, around around new and emerging technologies. Um, I I worked for Greenwich as, a, as an advisory teacher and then as manager of the city learning centres until 2011, when I set up a consultancy with a with a partner, and we we still exist. We're called IE Solutions, and we um, we we support schools predominantly around delivering the computing curriculum and the implementation of technologies into their into their schools. Um, around about that time as well, in 2011, I. I became a Lego Education certified trainer, so I, I still work globally on behalf of Lego Education, training teachers and working with organisations who have who have purchased Lego Education products, and also uh, Apple Distinguished Educator and an Apple Education trainer. So still very much involved with 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 schools throughout my career, even though I left the classroom, if you like, uh, my my involvement with with schools and with all key stages became much 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 deeper. Um, and since October 2017, I've been I've been working with PyTop, looking at developing uh, learning materials, learning experiences, and um, how we how we work with with the education community as as a whole, which uh, obviously we will talk much more about as we go as we go through. Fantastic! So you could really sort of hear that sort of I, I quite like you know education on fire is a podcast network it's all about following your passion and following things you're really into so you really did yeah. have that ability to be able to you know go with something you really loved and actually but still within that sort of education passion which you've obviously got as well oh absolutely and really to have that freedom I guess of of working with schools and working with teachers and to talk with them and to show them what I feel is sound and solid education and learning practice and theory. Um, the opportunities I got and still have to do that around play and around working with with tools such as Lego and now with with the fantastic folks at PyTop has been has been a real blessing. So let's talk a bit about PyTop in terms of an organisation. Sort of how is it set up and exactly what's it geared up to do and what is it? So PyTop is is a learning company we we are about just over four years old right now so i guess you know we you know we're still classed as a you know as a startup or just kind of coming out of that i suppose um at the moment we've around 80 employees on on three continents so so we have a office in london an office in austin texas and, and an office and a factory in in shenzhen in china 
So we've, I guess over the past couple of years, um, really, really moved into, into being a, a true learning company um, from, from what was, I suppose, an ed tech hardware company. Um, I mean, PyTop is actually in the Guinness Book of Records as the world's 3D first 3D printed laptop. So, so you know, so we've got <laughs> it's um, it's quite a uh, you know it's been quite quite a journey from from I think when when the founders Jesse and Ryan set up the company and printed that first 3D laptop in you know in their in their living room and put it on uh, Indiegogo and went to TechCrunch and things like that to to where we are now. With a with an absolute focus on on learning and on education and, and 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 that is really backed by by a very strong belief in our pedagogy, which is really based on constructivism, social constructivism, and constructionism, which again we we can you know we can talk more about as we go through. Um, so so where we are now, you know, we make we make modular technology, modular computing tech technology powered by Raspberry Pi. We make learning and teaching programs, and all of those things go together to to support learning by making. So real hands-on physical computing, something that goes beyond the screen, that goes beyond the textbook. Um, that's 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 really about students building and making things that they're passionate about, things that they care about, things that are connected to the real world, and at the same time. You know, we are we are addressing various curriculum needs, particularly around things like computer science and design and technology. And I guess that whole kind of STEM or STEAM um, agenda. And have you got any examples of the sorts of things that people have used it for that have been very successful? Yeah, absolutely. Our hardware and our learning materials are currently in around 2000 schools across the globe. One of the one of the big uh, projects that we're involved in is something called the Solar Car Challenge. This happens every year in the US, where teams build solar cars and they and they race them um, across America. And those cars and their tracking and how they how they're performing under those conditions is all powered by PyTop. So that's that's one of the very early projects that we got involved with, and we're still doing that now, which is which is absolutely fantastic and really, really exciting. To bring that kind of back down to earth, if you like, um, some of the projects that teachers and students are doing in schools are are kind of going beyond our expectations and beyond the learning materials that we've provided, which is exactly what we want to happen. You know, we, we, we of course, are providing a learning framework and materials that teachers and students can work their way through. But, you know, some of the some of the projects that uh, that that students in school and the maker community outside of school are coming up with are just just incredible. And I think, you know, if your listeners go to go to the PyTop website and look on the PyTop blog, they will see some really wacky and fun and amazing activities that um, some people have, you know, have produced. So that kind of going beyond the school and into the maker community is, you know, is obviously very, very prevalent and I guess very important to us as well. So it sounds like 
you know, like you were talking about, you know, solar panel cars, it sounds like in, <clears throat> that there's such a, a depth of, of understanding that would be needed to, to, to get involved in this. But we were tatting, right. chatting just before we started recording. And, and, and while this is sort of aimed at sort of higher key stage two into key stage three, and, and NAEP obviously going from, from birth to 13, sort of does sort of straddle that area. Um, yeah. Actually, what we're talking about to begin with is just sort of the next step beyond what you were saying, sort of scratching that sort of block coding to that understanding of actually doing coding in a slightly more prevalent way like in python yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's a really important thing to emphasize mark we are using text-based coding you know as the you know as the tool to to kind of bring bring our inventions to life if you like so you know whilst you know whilst there is no requirement for text-based coding in 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 primary there might be some schools you know who would be you know who would be uh, ready for that i suppose uh, but as you say nape is birth birth of 13 so there is definitely a um, definitely a crossover there for sure um, but you know in terms of that and you're right you know you, you sort of build a solar car and power it by pytop or you make you know amazing you know, amazing inventions at home that, you know, that involve hacking mobile phones and things like that, that in, in a, in a good way, by the way, <laughs> um, that, that um, I don't mean other people's mobile phones, I mean, using your mobile phone um, to to get it to interact with, um, with, with a Pi top, because, you know, we are, we are powered by Raspberry Pi and that is a wide open platform. And there's a bunch of resources out there, either, you know, made by Raspberry Pi or made for Raspberry Pi by, by other people in the community that, that people can tap into and we want that to happen um but but we also want schools and want teachers and want students to really get on board with our with our learning philosophy as well and we do that in in a number of ways and you know i guess the first way is through our through our projects through our learning framework that that we've created and that we are constantly evolving and constantly developing and the idea really with with these resources is to offer that very low floor of entry into into maker learning so you know we would we would really guide students and teachers along along that journey with us starting from that from that very low low floor of entry you know and if we think of the um, example of you know low floors high ceilings and wide walls that's really where we are aiming you know low low barrier of entry high ceilings meaning you can take it you know to the to the nth degree to the to the solar car challenge or to the you know interacting with the mobile phone but wide walls meaning that your your playground if you like once you're once you're in there is you know is kind of expandable to the nth degree you know so what do i want to do here you know what do i want to do when i've you know when i've learned to light an led for example you know where do i want to take that and our framework is is really allowing for that um so uh, w would it be helpful if i if i talked you through how that works yeah absolutely i think that'd be really good cool so so if we think about some of the projects that you know that our users can access right right now which we call getting started and there are there are several projects within there they work through you know, I guess fundamentals of problem-based and project-based learning. So within each project, there are several sections, I guess. Um, they're not linear. They, they kind of bounce around because, you know, as you and I both know very well, learning is very messy and there's a lot of iteration that goes on that, that means we kind of, you know, bounce forwards and backwards between ideas and between trying things out. And that's exactly what we want to allow. So 
So we start with, um, we actually start with something called the big picture, because it's very important, we feel, to situate our learning in, in something that is relatable, something that is real life, um, you know, and something that, that our learners can really understand and get a hold of. So the big picture is looking at and thinking about making a spectacular sound and light show. So fundamentally, what they're learning to do is to turn on an LED to sound a buzzer and to operate a button. But by situating it in something that's much more contextual, then we have a richer learning opportunity. Um, so once once they understand what what that is, and they may have done some research around sound and light shows and things that you know um, LEDs and buttons and buzzers might 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 be used for, um, the first stage is something that we call do, and do is really instructionist. And I think it's very important to point out, you know, we're not we're not anti instructions, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are, I would say, anti only instructions. You know, we don't just want our our, our learners to follow to follow a recipe, um, you know, with all the same ingredients because they're all just going to end up making the same thing. You know, we want them to um, play with those play with those ingredients and make you know and make make their own cake, if you like to use a bake-off analogy. Um, so that first stage we call do. And within do, we might say, for example, okay, in this stage, you're going to learn how to connect up a LED light and how to, how to code it to turn it on. So we'd give them a diagram, a wiring diagram, and we'd give them some code, and everybody should be able to turn their LED on. So everybody's got some kind of sense of achievement, but at this stage we've all we've all done the same thing. We then very quickly crash our learners into into problems, um, and we call this stage try. And the the point of the try stage is is about transference of knowledge and understanding. So, for example, in the try stage, we might say. Okay, so now you've lit an LED, grab a buzzer, connect it up and code it, but we're not going to tell you how to do it. Instead, what we want you to do is use your understanding of what you've done in the, in the do stage and transfer that knowledge into wiring up and coding a buzzer. Um, that doesn't mean we leave them in the lurch and it doesn't mean we leave teachers in the lurch. But we, but but we don't necessarily give a give a straight answer. We have these uh, we have these sections called getting unstuck, which is really about asking neutral questions, you know, in order to get our learners to to really think about what they've done already and how they might apply that to to this to this new um, this new stage of their learning, if you like. And those things kind of bounce backwards and forwards and iterate quite a lot until we get to a stage called play. And play really is about extending and, and, and creating and personalizing what they've made. So they've lit an LED, they've made a buzzer buzz, they may have used a button. And in the play stage, it's really now saying, now what do you want to do? You know, what sort of sound and light show do you want to make? How, are you, how do you want to control that? Um, you know, do you want to build a structure in which to house that sound and light show? Are you going to build that out of cardboard or sheet metal or Lego or, you know, are you going to 3D print it or laser cut it? 
doesn't really matter. But in that play stage is where we start to see this um, this 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 real breaking down of subject silos, where where other subject areas start start to come in, where when when kids start to create. And we then move into the to the last phase of that, which is which we call share, and that's about collaboration and further discovery, really. So it's about me saying, "Hey, Mark, you know what did you make? Oh, you, oh, oh, you did that. Oh, I did this. You know, how did you get over that problem? Oh, and by the way, we now have, you know, in in, in um, instead of having three LEDs, we've now got six. So so can we make something together? You know, can we put these things together and, and can we create something amazing? And then how do we share that amongst our peers, to our teachers, and out into the real world? And, and you know, and we think through that kind of learning pathway if you like we start to de-silo um, subject areas we start to see children working in a way that is much more social that is much more holistic that is much more constructionist than than simply following you know following instructions um in front of a computer to say build a you know build build something that somebody else has decided they want us to build and what I like about all of that is the fact that you can also then, of course, use exactly the same learning format and ideas to it, whichever stage that comes. So, like you say, if you decided you yes. wanted to you wanted to build a, you know, a twenty a twenty feet um um wooden structure to house all of these things and create a game, then you'd be in the same scenario of kind of all. Oh, can I work with words? How do I do it? I need to ask someone yes. to show me the first stage, and then once I've done that, I can maybe try the rest. And then, you know, and and that understanding of learning is absolutely key, isn't it? So to be able to combine those two things together within the area that you're talking about, I think is um is fantastic. It's very exciting from a learning point of view, and and you can understand why children really want to get involved because, like you say, it's very social. And even once you've done your part of it or you've created your thing, to know that you can then expand it into a wider context is, I think, something which people will find really interesting. Well, yeah, and and that's that's exactly it, you know, um, you know, and 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 that really is the, you know, I, I guess is the, is the is the crux of what what our, you know, I guess our guiding light Seymour Papert uh, called constructionism or constructionist learning. You know, it's about it's about our learners, you know, making things that are personal to them, but more than that is he described it as drawing their own conclusions through creative experimentation. Um, and, and that's exactly what, what we want them to do. You know, they've, they will have seen some possibilities and then where can I take that? You know, where can I take that next? How, how am I going to iterate that and turn this into something different and something new and something exciting and something that maybe solve or address a social issue or a social problem? Um, you know, because it's, it is about engagement with your, with your community as well. And then of course that, that has an impact on how we teach the idea that a teacher is the font of all knowledge and, you know, and directs learning, um, you know, in a way that may be purely to satisfy some kind of arbitrary standardized test, um, you know, is suddenly out of the window, you know, because a teacher is, is moved, I guess, from 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 the role of a lecturer or an instructor to one of a to one of a mediator or a or a facilitator. So we're not teaching at students. We teach, you know, we are we are, in 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 many ways as teachers in this this kind of process, we are learning alongside the student, um, and and really that's 
you know that's where we want our you know our our learning community i guess you know to be to be heading that of course doesn't mean that you know students students don't still need to pass those exams that, that they don't still need to pass those tests but we feel very very strongly with this this kind of learning this this sort of learning environment that they will still do that but they'll but they'll do it better and they'll do it as much more kind of rounded individuals with a much deeper understanding and sense of you know sense of the world and sense of their subject than they would if they went the alternative route i mean it's interesting just just listening to that i was sort of i was sort of very excited about the idea i mean i'm not a student anymore from a, um from an age point of view anyway even though obviously we're learning all the time um <laughs> But that sense of you know being able to create something, and I could really understand you know I can I can start to learn here and I can start to learn there, and oh, I could see how all that was going, and it you know it's very kind of engaging. And then when you started yeah. to talk about the lecture idea and the testing and the teacher being the font of all knowledge, even though this has got nothing to do with me today, I sort of had the sort of the life of me being sucked out again and sort of remembering <laughs> that. Kind of, um, but I, I, th- I think the key for us all to remember is the fact that you know like I say, you do still have to do what you still have to do within a school environment but when you understand it can be different and you can do it in a different way and that you can acknowledge the fact that I'm excited about this and I can see how this is engaging everybody myself as a teacher or all the students around me like you say yeah. you go about everything in a slightly different way and from there um, everything becomes different and, and like I said and essentially that will change the world because everyone's going to be working in a different way with a different mindset and a different understanding of learning so even once you've left school you can still understand how you go about doing the the next thing that you want to do and I always sort of quote the, this podcast network as an example I never did anything related to this at school but in the last right. few years I've you know I've gone about learning everything I've needed to do to create it and and that's been very exciting and 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 once you sort of understand that anything's possible at any point then you really feel like you've got control of your life I think I couldn't have put it better myself Mark. I think I, I think that's 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 absolutely correct and um you know and, and, and surely that's what that's what we want from our you know from our learners isn't it you know surely you know, we need to look at the kinds of learners and the kinds of um, citizens, I guess, that leave school or leave university or leave learning, um, formal learning, and you know, and enter, you know, and enter the workplace. And whilst, you know, whilst I'm not necessarily, um, you know, in agreement with, you know, the role of school being being to prepare the you know prepare or prepare a workforce for, for for tomorrow i think you know we do have a responsibility around those competencies that our learners possess and that we foster and you know we 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 can look at things like the world economic forum for, for example who's you know if you look at the top 10 competencies that they identify for learners or for workers to have by 2020 there's a real disconnect between between what they say and between our kind of exam driven data driven education system and you know if we're not very careful then we're going to have a real problem you know again you know the world economic forum say that we're on the cusp of what they call the fourth industrial revolution you know, and that's kind of characterized by things like artificial intelligence and robotics and self-driving cars and all that kind of thing. Um, and we can't compete with that. So kids, our, our, our future generations, 
need need a different skill set. You know, they they need to not compete with machines because we won't be able to. You know, the jobs of the future are are the jobs that machines won't be able to do. And because of that, you know, we really need to think about what we teach our kids and more importantly, how we teach our kids and how we allow them to learn and how we, you know, how, how, how we allow them to, you know, to, to, I guess, follow that, follow that passion that you just talked about. That's, that's kind of led you to this, um, you know, because formal learning doesn't necessarily prepare us for that kind of, um, informal learning outside, you know, outside or after, after we leave school. I think that's really true. And, and, and people get concerned about the fact that jobs may disappear and that kind of thing. But I, I actually think it's quite exciting in as much as I think what will happen is jobs will develop, which are very human centered. And I Absolutely. think, and, yeah. and I think that's a very positive thing for humankind because that's essentially who we are. Um, and, and, and I think that will naturally just take care of itself. And, and, and just to round up, I think what I love about the conversation we've had today is the fact that this is a, a physical um, example of people doing that kind of thing, which is changing the education, but changing the way of learning and actually doing it by example, which I think is, is the only thing we can do and then just as everyone starts to do more of this sort of thing the world will change around so can i just add one more thing is yes that please do what you were saying there you know and 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 what we've just been talking about is actually exactly how we work at pytop you know we we do follow that to, to quote mitchell resnick his 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 creative learning spiral you know um and, and 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 we do that when we design learning experiences when we when we think about how we work with teachers and how we offer professional development to them and indeed how we design our products you know we imagine we create we play we share we reflect and we imagine again and that whole kind of spiral starts again um and that is because we're a true learning company and the the learning team that we that we have at pytop is um uh, you know and and i think i'm perfectly at liberty to say absolutely awesome um you know we our our chief and uh, education and product officer is graham brown martin formerly of learning without frontiers and a you know a kind of global influencer and speaker on on, on education our head of learning is dr william rankin who's who is former head of learning at at apple and then we have we have a full-time researcher who's um you know, whose who's dream really, you know, is to look at examples and to pull together, um, you know, examples of constructionist learning and, you know, and how that kind of riles against direct instruction. And, um, and actually, we do we do have a publication, um, which is which is really talking about that. And, you know, and, um, you know, it is a collection of of constructionist practice and is a, uh, you know, is a real, you know, is a real solid kind of academic read and we have two learning designers in in london myself and uh and and, uh, and, and another colleague and and two in the us so we've got an absolutely fantastic learning team all of us are educators majority of us are teachers or ex-teachers or have have teaching qualifications and that i think says enormous amounts about where where pytop is kind of sticking its flagpole if you like in terms of uh, in terms of who we are as a company yeah, that's great. I've, I've really appreciated the, your, the conversation and I'm excited to find out more. So for those people listening, um, where's the best place for them to go and, and get all the information and website address and all that kind of thing? Yeah, uh, pytop.com. That's pi-top.com. And on there, you'll see 
you'll you'll obviously all our all of our products, including the fantastic new PyTop four, which we launched at, at BET at the end of January, and that we start shipping uh, on the first of May, and you will also see a very very large section on there about learning, and within that you'll be able to download uh, some of our research, you'll be able to see the learning team and the credentials uh, of us all and you'll be able to see the the types of things that we are that we are creating as a learning team and the and the sort of programs that we're putting putting in place to to support teachers really because we we completely understand that we can't just say here you go here's a box of constructionism get on with it um <laughs> that's 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 that, that's a really hard thing to do and that uh, you know and uh, you know and a really hard sell so we're working very hard on um developing professional development programs which which includes uh, certification of 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 what we're calling pytop certified trainers um, we did we did the first round of that just before bet so we have about a dozen pytop certified trainers now who will their remit will be to go out and work with schools who have pytop um, pytop products uh, and train teachers offer cpd and really work with schools to embed this um, in, a, in a very meaningful way because the last thing we want to do is is just be another product gathering dust on the shelf yeah, it sounds absolutely brilliant. And Stuart, thanks so much for chatting to me today. I've really hey, my, my absolute pleasure, Mark. I'm sorry we're going a bit over time, but you know, there's a lot to say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's great for everyone to get a real full kind of understanding of what it's all about. That's what we're here for: sharing that inspiration and that wisdom from, <clears throat> excuse me, from people that are doing it. So, yeah, really appreciate your time, and um, yeah, look forward to chatting again soon. My absolute pleasure, Mark. Thank you so much.